powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bible or lift your hand or your mobile device or whatever you have. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to, we're going to look at several scriptures today. So for today's scripture reading, listen to this. This is the scripture. Now, 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 look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, perhaps you don't know who you're sitting next to, uh, but you can't touch this. <laughs> that was the wrong neighbor. Try the other neighbor. Say, neighbor, perhaps you don't know who I am. Say, I've been through hell and back and say, as of this moment, I'm making an announcement to every problem, to every demon, to every hater, to every issue, you can't touch this. Yep. Now that ain't how you say it if you really believe it. Look at somebody square in the face and say, you can't touch this, you can't touch this. Uh, Father, I decrease that you would increase. Speak to us now that we would move and walk and what you have ordained. I'm speaking to kings and priests. I'm speaking to folks that are head and not to tell. I'm speaking to some folks that's been through a lot these last few months, but they're still standing. They're still thriving. They're still ruling, reigning, conquering, and subduing. And we make an announcement to every demon, every devil, every hater, every sickness, depression, discouragement. You tried your best, but you can't touch this. You gave us your best but you can't touch this in Jesus name somebody shout out hallelujah yes you take a seat have two or three people tell them tell them you can't touch this you can't touch this you can't touch this uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you need to know 915 God desires to use everything you've been through to build you into a man or woman of steel that's the series we've been in that we're closing out today the world steel means to stand firm say stand firm because it has a high tensile strength, which is the maximum amount of pressure it can take while it's being stretched or pulled apart before breaking. This ain't mess. This message may not be for everybody, but I know it's for somebody because the last few months of your life, you've been stretched and you've been pulled in ways you never thought were possible. You've had pressure on you. You never thought you'd survive. You've been betrayed by folks you never thought would turn on you. You've had stuff come against you. And when you look at it, you say, what is it about me to where all of this? This trouble, all of these issues, all of these trials and tribulations are manifesting against me. Can I tell you? It's because you're still. 
And when you're still, you have to handle more than the rest of everybody else can. When you're still, you have to put up with stuff other folks would throw in the towel for. But touch your neighbor and say, I made a steal. I made a steal. That's why even when you wanted to quit, you didn't. Even when you wanted to curse God and die, you didn't. Even when you wanted to commit suicide, you didn't. Even when you wanted to say, maybe God ain't real, you didn't. Touch your neighbor. Say, I made a steal. Oh, I says throughout, throughout this National Pastor Appreciation Month, we've learned that God gives you a man of God as a gift to you to lead you in becoming an upgraded version of yourself that you didn't know was possible. Jesus, the ultimate man of steel, gives you a man of God as a man of steel to turn you into a man or woman of steel. Watch this. Look at Moses. Look at Elijah and Elisha. Moses and Joshua, Eli and Samuel, Samuel and Saul, Paul and Timothy, Bishop Foreman and you. You ought not hate on your neighbor because they're going to be steel whether you like them or not. Whether you like their picture or not, they still made out of steel. Whether you tell them they're doing it or not, they still made out of steel. Matter of fact, I need to set somebody free in here because you keep looking for co-signers to tell you that you're steel. Well, when you stepped in here, you stepped into an atmosphere where you're sitting on a row full of people that are made out of steel. Touch your neighbor. Say, I'm a man of steel. How's it? Y'all not hate on them because they're going to be still whether you like them or not. You didn't hear what I just said. You ought not hate on them. They're going to they be still whether you like it or not. You ought not talk about them. They're going to be still whether you talk about them or not. You ought not lie on them. They're going to be still whether you lie on them or not. I think I got some witnesses in here where you've been going through so much. You're just like, I can't take no more. And I'm going to tell you, you were built to handle this. You were not built to break. Touch your neighbor say, I'm made of steel. What's this? A mechanic fixes your car. A doctor fixes your body. A trainer fixes your body. And a pastor is given to you to fix your life because to become a man or woman of steel, God gives you a pastor. Jeremiah 23, 4. I will set up shepherds or pastors over them who will feed them. That means teach them, lead them, coach them, guide them. And they shall fear no more, nor shall they be dismayed. Uh, that means stressed, discouraged, beaten down, broken down. Does your neighbor say, that's over. Now, I need you to say it like you mean it. Say, that's over. No, you ain't saying it like you mean it. Say, that's over. Yeah, your days of dismay are over. You ain't going to be stressed over little stuff no more. You ain't going to be discouraged over little people no more. You ain't going to be beaten down over the stuff you're going through. And you ain't breaking down no more. From this moment forward, it's breakthrough time. I came to speak it into somebody's life. It's breakthrough time. Bishop, how do I know I'm ready to break through? Because the book says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy. Don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season, you're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. How do I know it's due season? Because lately you've been feeling like you were going to faint. Who am I preaching to? Touch your neighbor and say, I made a steal though. I made a steal. Well, let's be seated. I will set up Jeremiah 23 for shepherds, pastors over them, who will feed them, teach them, lead them, coach them, and they shall fear no more. Say, no more fear. See, that's why you've been going through stuff that used to scare you. That's why you've been going through stuff that used to give you fear, fearful, and used to make you afraid. Because God says, I'm purging your life of fear. I'm going to make you stand right in front of what you said. You don't know what you would do if it happened, and I'm going to make you conquer it. I'm going to make you deal with the stuff that you never thought you'd be able to conquer. Because you ain't got time to live in fear. Your mama lived in fear. Her mama lived in fear. Your daddy lived in fear. His daddy lived in fear. But you... You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Shout, I don't have time for fear. <laughs> I will give them a pastor who will feed them, teach them, lead them, coach them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. That word dismay means stressed, discouraged, beaten down, broken down, nor shall they be lacking. Watch what, this. Say, no more lack. Now, naturally, when we think of lack, we think of stuff. Cars, cars, and clothes. Cars, 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 and clothes. But, but touch your neighbor and say, there's more than that. Because I think there's some witnesses in here where you had cars, cash, and clothes, and you still felt like you were in lack. What God wants to do in your life is greater than material things. You ain't just going to glitter, but not be the real thing. 
God, God says there's been some stuff, some areas of your life you felt like there's a deficit. You felt like something was missing. You felt like something was broken. You felt like something was lacking. But God says, I sent you to Bishop Foreman and I gave you a pastor to announce to you, ain't nothing missing. Ain't nothing lacking. Ain't nothing broken. All is well. If it ain't there, it's because you don't need it. You didn't hear what I just said. If it's not there, it's because it's not necessary. Stop thinking you're missing something because you ain't got what somebody else got. If it ain't in your life, it ain't necessary. Touch your neighbor and say, if it's not there, it's not necessary. Stop talking about I'm so alone. No, you're unique. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You do know sharks have to hunt by themselves. Only catfish hang out together. You do know eagles have to fly by themselves. Only chickens have clans. Just, say, I'm not lacking anything. Say, everything I need, I have already. Says, as long as you live your life talking about if I had this, if I had that, if I had this, if I had that, if this, if this person would do this, if this person would do that, and watch this, you'll miss everything you have because you're mourning something you don't need. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You'll sit there. Watch this. Let me give you a practical example. Watch this. You got 400 pairs of shoes. And then, watch this. But you'll look at somebody else's red bottoms, ladies, and men. He makes men's too. You look at somebody else's and be like, well, I just wish I had that. Missing the fact that you already got more. Can, 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 let me just, can I throw this in there for somebody? Can, can I throw this in there for somebody? Uh, it's interesting because when Satan was kicked out of heaven and sent to earth, the Bible says that he got one third of the angelic host, the warring angels. They had to go with him. Watch this. Because Satan influenced angels against God. Now, I need you to understand something. If Satan could get angels to turn against God, you ought to be thankful when you see Judases in your life that are able to influence other people to walk away from you. Why? God just dismissed every faith friend out of your atmosphere. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You sitting up here talking about why so-and-so do this, why so-and-so do this. Because they were fake in the first place. They were around you, but they were not with you. So God said, get up out of their life. You ain't eating their food no more. You ain't spending their money. You sitting up here mourning, and God says, what you mourning for? That wasn't loss, that was gain. You had a leech around you and didn't know it because when a leech bites you, the first thing they do is give you anesthesia so you can't feel that you're being bitten and the blood is being sucked out of you. Watch this. I threw that in there for somebody. As we, watch this. As we end this series, we're borrowing the title of the 1990 MC Hammer song. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Well, watch this. Touch your name and say you can't touch this. Now, now watch this. That term applies to, to Superman. Now, because we've been talking about this series, Man of Steel. Most times we think of who? Superman. He's known as the Man of Steel, but watch this. It also applies to us. So, so you can't touch this. In fact, there are three words that don't only apply to Superman, but from this moment forward, they apply to you. Now, I don't know how much further I'm going to get because I'm about to shout myself. First word, say this. Say, I am untouchable. Here's what that means. Not able or allowing to be touched or affected. Unable to be matched or rivaled. Now, I said, say I'm untouchable. Say so you can't touch this. Now, that means I'm not able, watch this, or allowing to be touched or affected. There's certain stuff that happens in your life. And God says, I'm seeing whether or not you're going to let that affect you. There's certain stuff you're getting mad about, you cussing about. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You emailing about, you Facebooking about, you sitting up here walking around worn, weary, and sad about, and God says, baby, you're supposed to be untouchable. Why are you letting little people mess with you? 
I'm not trying to demean anybody else. I'm just saying, why in the world would the lion be concerned about the opinion of the sheep? Say, I won't allow it to affect me. If somebody got a problem with you, that's their problem with you, not your problem with yourself. Touch yourself, say, I'm untouchable. But then it means unable to be matched or rivaled. You, you know the problem too many people have? Is they think that their success has to come at the hands of somebody else's failure. They think to be on 10, which means the best of the best, and this year God's desire is for you to be the best of the best, best of the best people, places, things, and ideas. Uh, people, places, things, and ideas. But watch this. Sometimes, watch this. You ever been talking to somebody? And then a certain name is mentioned, and, and, and then you mention that name, and then everything they say from that moment forward is to tear that person down. And you're thinking to yourself, well, why are you saying all that about them? I, I mean, we ain't even, what's this? Because too many people think that their success or them doing well depends on somebody else's failure or somebody else looking like less than them. Not understanding, since we're untouchable, say I'm untouchable. I'm unable to be matched, and I'm unable to be rival. Say, I'm unable to be matched. I'm unable to be rival. Bishop, what does that mean? You're in a class by yourself. You ain't got to pull down somebody else so that you look good. You're in a class all by yourself. Which means I have no rivals because I have no equals. Because when he made me, he broke the mold. When he made you, he broke the mold. Stop trying to compare yourself to other people and just compete with yesterday's version of yourself. You're not alone because you put his kingdom first. You're unique. Say, I, I'm unmatched. Say, I'm unrivaled. This is why you have so many haters in the world. Because they place themselves in classes that are inferior to them and then compete with a lesser level. So the reason you think you got to talk about somebody else and, and gossip about somebody else and tear down somebody else is because you took yourself out of your own class, put yourself in the day class and started fighting. And God says you are untouchable. You're in a class by yourself. Say, I'm untouchable. Say, we're untouchable. Say, not only that, say, we're unbreakable. <laughs> All right. Now, watch this. Unbreakable means not liable to break easily. Now, how do you test whether or not something is unbreakable? You try to break it. Okay. Four people caught that. You're complaining about your valley. Not realizing your valley is what proved to you that you are unbreakable. I can't call myself unbreakable unless something tries to break the heaven, hell, and earth out of me. But since I survived and since I'm still thriving, I proved to myself I'm unbreakable. I tell you to high five your neighbor say everything you've gone through has proved to you you're unbreakable. Not liable to break easily. There's some folks that when they disappeared from your life, they were hoping you'd snap, crackle, and pop. And what really bugs them is that you're still smiling. Y'all not saying nothing. Yeah. There's some sickness that was hoping you would have just stayed down there in the valley. You would have just stayed down there and been mad. There's some depression that can't figure out how did you shake it. Because a year ago you would have been at home in the bed sitting up under the comforter. But you got up this morning and said this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be made glad And it. Touch your neighbor say I'm unbreakable. I know that I am because you tried to break me. That stress tried to break you. That pain tried to break you. That betrayal tried to break you. That frustration tried to break you. But touch your neighbor say, I'm untouchable. I'm unbreakable. Say, and another thing, I'm unstoppable. Here's what that means. Here's what that means. All of these come from the phrase, you can't touch this, watch this. It means you're impossible to stop or prevent. 
I'm, I'm trying to tell you, you're already a man or woman to steal. You just need to be reminded of that. I said, you're already a man or woman to steal. You just need to be reminded of that. Bishop, what are you trying to say? It's impossible to stop you or to prevent you. Now, Bishop, how, how, how can I test whether or not I'm unstoppable? Because roadblocks came up that were designed to get you to stop praying, stop coming to church, stop giving, stop serving, stop, watch this, I'm going to get in your business, stop believing that God is even real anymore. Where are the real people at where this year your faith has been shaken in such a way where you're like, God, I'm just confused as to if you're really even there. I'm just wondering whether or not you even care. I'm just wondering whether or not you even love me anymore. But guess what? You kept on pressing. You were wounded, but you kept on going. You were frustrated, but you kept on going. You thought that was going to be your end, but you kept on going. Say, I'm untouchable. I'm unbreakable. I'm unstoppable. Say, you can't touch this. But that phrase has dual meanings. Because to tell what comes against you, you can't touch this. There's some things you can't touch. Here it is. First thing, say the right daily disciplines. Say this with me for my note takers. Point number one, the right daily disciplines keep me on 10. Say it with me. The right daily disciplines keep me on 10. Too many of us are waiting for monumental moments when being a man or woman of steel comes from your daily disciplines. Say daily disciplines. Daily disciplines are the nouns. That's the people, places, things, and ideas. Watch this. You say yes to, watch this, or no to, watch this, consistently, watch this, for the right reasons. I'm going to say it again. Your daily disciplines, watch this, are the nouns, people, places, things, and ideas you say yes to or no to consistently for the right reasons. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, the Apostle Paul talks about daily disciplines. I, I, I don't know about you, but I think I'm talking to some unstoppable, untouchable, unbreakable people. If you don't get nothing out of this, that's quite all right with me because I'll preach to myself. You are unstoppable. You are unbreakable. You are untouchable. You ought to point to yourself. Say, you are unstoppable. You are unbreakable. You are untouchable. Paul, Paul the apostle, he writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, do you not know, verse 24, that those who run in a race, they all run, watch this, but only one wins. Only one receives the prize. So look what he says. Why don't you run in such a way that you're the one that wins? Here's what Paul says. The race is scheduled. That's life. You must run it, so you might as well win. Life is scheduled. You've got to live it, so you might as well win while you're living it. And let me tell everybody that felt like I just messed up so much, Bishop, I just got so many failures, I just made so many mistakes, you better look at the devil and say, you can't touch this. You better look at that credit report and say, you can't touch this. You ought to look at all of those bad relationship decisions and say, you can't touch this. You ought to look at your old addictions and say, you can't touch this. You can't touch you. Look at verse 26. He says, you might as well win it since you got to live it anyhow. Verse 26. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. He says, I'm not doing this just to be doing something. Sometimes in life, you ever felt like you were just fighting the air? Like, you're like, I get up and I fight, but it doesn't seem like I'm making any progress. I get up, I pray. It doesn't seem like my prayers are giving me any progress. I've been commanding my day, and it seems like the more I command my day this way, the more my day turns into that. It seems like the more I press, the more I get pushed. It seems like the more I fight, the more I feel like I'm just shadow boxing. I'm just hitting the air. Paul says, you ain't just hitting the air. What was he really saying? He says, your disciplines aren't a waste of time. Yeah, been you ever you ever had a crazy moment where you sit up and look at look at life, you've been like, this is what's it all worth. Don't do me like that, 915. You ever had a moment in life where you had so much stuff going on? You were like, I just I can't take no more. You ever been like uh what was her name? Uh where uh when James died. <laughs> and she dropped that bowl in the kitchen and she said stuff I can't say in church. Come see me Wednesday. 
Doggone, doggone, doggone. Touch your neighbor say, it's not a waste of time. Look at verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Which means when my mind says don't and I know I need to do it, I tell my mind shut your mouth and go do what you need to do. When I feel like punking out and giving out, I tell myself get up and he said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Disqualified in the Greek language of our New Testament means be a counterfeit. Does your neighbor say, this is the real thing. Yeah, yeah. See, see, being a Christian doesn't mean I get it right all the time. Being a Christian doesn't mean I'm perfect. Being a Christian means I'm the real thing, baby. Uh, you can't touch this because, yes, I made some mistakes. Yes, I had some failures. Yes, I did some stuff I shouldn't have done. But I'm the real thing. How do you know? Because I got right back up. Why? I'm unstoppable. I'm unbreakable. And I'm untouchable. He says, lest I should become disqualified, counterfeit, fail to pass the test, unapproved. If you grew up in the South, You already see what's getting ready. It's getting ready to go. You go up in the south, and perhaps, see, Denver had time out. Little Tim, go into the corner. Well, where I'm from, if you went to the corner, it was after the belt had met you. I wish I had a witness in here. And what would happen is, 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 is that they'd pick out a special belt, the biggest, thickest leather belt, and you were hoping she'd get the little cheap vinyl one. If you, if you grew up, if you grew up uh, in a home that believed in the Bible, the Bible says you beat them with a rod, you keep them out of hell. You ought to thank God for all the whoopings you got. It kept, you ought to thank God for all the whoopings you got. It kept you out of trouble, kept you out of hell, kept you out the hospital, kept you out the grave. Matter of fact, the reason you're still living today is because when you were thinking about doing wrong, your daddy walked in. And then they beat you on a beat. Didn't I tell you not to move? Move your hand, move your hand, move your hand. And then after they do all of that, then they say, I'm about to give you something to cry about. And I thought, well, what in the world did you just finish doing? I thought that was my cue to cry right there. But that wasn't the part that got me. It was the facial expression that was associated with the whooping. <laughs> See, I bought my good one. I got my good one. It's a good one. If you grew up in a home where they believed that scripture, spare the rod, spare the rod, spare the child, you feared the belt or switch or ironing cord. Or cast iron skillet <laughs> or the nearest object remote control some of y'all won't use the remote now you walk up to the TV because you get you just still got bad memories from remotes you just like I just keep the remote over there I just walk up to the TV it's too much this is too much too much Bishop too much <laughs> you feared that and the spanking well we call it whooping Spanking was like level one. Whoopings was like level 10. You went from one to 10. One no in between. Watch this. You feared that, but watch this. That discipline kept us from the wrong things, and it kept us doing the right things. Now, watch this. Watch this. There are, say, the right disciplines keep me on 10. The five T's of how we put God first are the right daily disciplines we should have. And you know them. I've taught you them. Uh, but I want to ask you something. Are they your daily disciplines or are they your Sunday disciplines? See, to be untouchable, unstoppable, and unbreakable, you can't touch these. So you can't touch these. First thing. <laughs> Y'all want to just do the dance real quick? Okay, no. <laughs> We'll do that at 11.15. I got, I got four minutes. We ain't got time to dance. <laughs> Touch your neighbor. You got to have fun at church. Okay, watch this. Be seated. I got to preach. Watch this. Say talent. Talent. 
1 Peter 4.10 says that we should use our gifts and talents to see our church advance and change more lives. Is that your daily discipline? To use your gifts and talents to see the church advance so we can change more lives. Is that your daily discipline or is that your Sunday discipline? Is that your Wednesday discipline? Is that your discipline when you need God to do something for you? Say, say a daily discipline of giving God my talent first. Another daily discipline, the five T's of how we put God first in our time. That's our church attendance. See, we don't miss church for anything since Jesus did. And we build our lives around church, not fit church into our lives. In Luke 4, 16, the Bible says, so he came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Here God is going to church and he served in church. Watch this. Now, say so he didn't miss. See, is it a daily discipline for you or is it something you do when you just need something from God? And I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just saying, if you don't have the right daily disciplines, no wonder why you can't stay on 10. See, you can't experience the best of the best, and your disciplines are the worst of the worst. Matthew 8, 21, watch this, because I know somebody says, well, Bishop, I got good reasons. And let's just be honest, we all have good reasons sometimes. We all have these periods in life where we go in our mind and we're like, God, well, I'm justified in not doing right by you because, God, you didn't do this for me. And I want you to see this, Matthew 8, 21. Then another one of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. That's a great reason to miss church. His daddy just died. And he's telling Jesus, God, he ain't telling Bishop. He's telling God, God, I got a good reason to, to, to not put you first in my time and to not put you first in church attendance because my daddy just died. God, I got a good reason. I got bay. God, I got a good reason. I, I got to do this. I got to work. I got to do this. I got a good reason. But look at verse 22. But Jesus said to him, you follow me. Get your tail in the house and you let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus told this boy his daddy dying wasn't good enough reason to miss church. Say the right daily disciplines. Okay, watch this. I got to drop a bomb on you. I got to drop a bomb on you, but I'd be an irresponsible pastor if I didn't tell you this. Meaning that anyone or anything that causes you to miss church is an idol. And they will be removed before it's all said and done. If they makes you miss church, they on their way out the door. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If money makes you miss church, money getting ready to leave your life. If people make you miss church, them same suckers that make you miss, they're going to turn around and then diss you. But then he should be, watch this, daily disciplines of our thirst, say our thirst. That's our prayer, praise, and worship. Can I ask you something? What's been getting your prayer? You do know prayer is just words. Everything we say out of our mouth is a prayer, James 5 teaches us. What's been getting your prayer, your words? What's been getting your praise? One of the uh, Hebrew words for praise is halal, which means act a fool. What's been making you act a fool? What's been getting your words? Watch this. And what's been getting your worship? Worship comes from the original word that means worth, which means worry gives things worth. So what's been making you act a fool, what's been making you talk, and what's been making you worry? Because that's where you're actually disciplined to give prayer, praise, and worship to. You missed it. What's been getting your words? What's been making you act a fool? What's been getting uh, your worry? Because that's what's been getting your prayer, praise, and worship, not God. Is it your pressure, your problems, your obstacles instead of your God? See, prayer, praise, and worship doesn't deny your problems are real. It just means your God is bigger than your problems, your obstacles, and your issues. And his word is already made away. Touch your neighbor say daily disciplines. So, so watch this. When you, when you get worried, do you say, wait a minute, what am I worried about? I should turn this worry, which is really worship, and put it on my God opposed to my problem. But let's just be honest, how many of us sometimes when you're in the middle of a mess, it's very difficult to do that because you're like, God, the only thing I see is what's going on in front of me. But I'm here to tell you, God says, if you want to be able to say you can't touch this, you can't touch this. Which means God says, give him his praise, give him his prayer, give him his worship, and you'll watch him turn stuff around in your life. I think there's some witnesses in here that when you stop focusing on your drama and your issues, but you started giving your God his prayer, praise, and worship, didn't he make a way out of no way? Didn't? I got to finish, but then, then your testimony, say testimony. See, is this a daily discipline? That's inviting people to church. Everywhere we go and everyone we meet, we should invite to church since Luke 14, 23. says Jesus wants his church to be filled. And no one is exempt from needing Jesus. Question, what will you say to the people that die and go to hell that you walked past and didn't give an invite when they ask you, why didn't you invite me? Because Ezekiel 33, 8 says their blood will be on your hands. It is a daily discipline. And let's be honest, when we feel like we got an issue with God, 
Last thing we're trying to do is invite somebody to church. Okay, I wish I had some honest people in here. Okay, four honest people in here. When you're dealing with some disappointment, let's be honest. You see somebody and you're like, I should invite them, but I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, mm -mm. Say daily disciplines. Everybody you walked past and didn't invite, if they die and go to hell, and I'm not trying to spook you or scare you. I'm just trying to teach you the truth. It is Halloween. I don't know, whatever. Boo. If they die and go to hell, the book says that their blood is on your hands. Which means you're going to have folks standing up there when you're standing in front of Jesus. And you're going to be like, well, who is that? He's going to be, that's the person in King Supers. You walked past to go hurry up and get your custard-filled donut that you didn't need know how. You're going to be like, who is that? That's the person whose car... Uh, because they were driving too slow. You spoke in a tongue to them through your window that didn't need no interpretation. Come on, be honest with me. Now, don't act like you ain't never spoken tongues that didn't need no interpretation. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Cussing. Watch this, watch this. Say daily disciplines. Our treasure, that's the final daily discipline. Watch this. That's giving God our tithes, offerings, and first fruits. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is or your money, there your heart is also. Now, that means your mind. Heart in the Greek language of our New Testament means mind. Jesus knows what's really on our minds because of what we do with our money. And Jesus checks the books to see if we're faithful givers to know if he's first. Any faithful givers in the house? That ought to be everybody. If you ain't, you ought to just speak it into existence. What's this? In Mark chapter 12, see, is this a daily discipline? I don't know about you, but one of the most exciting things for me is giving. No, it's one of the most exciting things for me. Most exciting thing for me is giving. My tithes, offerings, and first fruits, but it goes beyond that. This is me personally. One of the most exciting things for me is to give something to somebody, especially when I know they can't do anything back for me in return. Any other, anybody else like that in here where you... You're not, you're not, you're not trying to make a living. Your, your giving is how you make your living. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over shall men give unto your bosom. But watch this, watch this. In Mark 12, Jesus was watching the offering, which means Jesus watches what we give. And he noticed that there was a widow woman who gave out of her poverty. And what's interesting is Jesus didn't say she shouldn't give it because she didn't have it. Instead, she gave in spite of her tough financial circumstances. And Jesus says this is proof of her faith and this is proof that he's first. Question, is this a daily discipline for you? Or do you only give when you want? Can I ask you a question? What would you say to somebody who said this to you? I want you to give me everything. I ain't giving you nothing. I want you to give me the sun, the moon, the rain, the stars. Everything. And more. All that I got. All that you got, rather. And then, and, and, and then you're like, okay, what you going to do for me? Nothing. How many people you keep friends like that around? At, you know, like one or two lunches where they don't come with no money? Okay, you're like, okay, all right, people forget. But then like after lunch, 12? Yeah, you using me. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to tell the guy up front, separate checks. Got mine? Oh, I ain't got no money. Oh, wow. I guess you ain't eating today. Question, is this your daily discipline to put God first in your treasure? We get to give to God. Say the right daily disciplines. Keep me on 10. All right, here it is. Number two, and I'm almost done. My disciplines determine my destinations. Say my disciplines determine my destinations. Say I'm unstoppable. I'm untouchable. I'm unbreakable. Here's the broad application of the principle. We know the five right daily disciplines. Here's the broad application to the principle. Your daily disciplines actually determine your destination, not the other way around, because you can only get to your desired destination through the right daily disciplines. Let me give you an example. I want to lose weight. It's just one more brownie, though. Touch your neighbor. Say your disciplines can't get you to your destination, which means you don't have a goal. You made a wish. Come on, church. Watch this. I want people to be honest with me. I'm just going to tell them one more lie, though. 
That's the wrong discipline. So you're not going to get people to be honest with you when you're sowing dishonesty. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Come on, church. Watch this. Uh, I just want to soar in life. But it's just one chicken I hang out with. You missed it. Chickens don't soar. They get fried. Or baked or grilled. Or broiled. Or what else? Barbecued. Smoked. I ain't never had fried eagle. I ain't never had baked eagle. I ain't never had smoked eagle. I ain't never had barbecue eagle. You know why? Because they're a protected class. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm an eagle, baby. I'm an eagle, baby. Yeah, it's in a class all by itself. You mess with an eagle, you go into jail. Mess with a chicken, you made somebody's dinner. You can't soar in life, but your discipline is to hang around people that don't soar. Talking about you doing ministry. You ain't doing ministry. You're helping them manage misery. You're not doing ministry if they're not changing. All you're doing is sitting over there just giving them co-signers. Okay, let me move on. I want to succeed. Bishop, here's your daily discipline. It's just one more nap. Figured it'd get quiet there. I want out of debt, Bishop. It's just one more credit card. For emergencies, which basically means whenever I go to visit family, it's an emergency because I got to impress people I don't even like. Christmas is coming up, Bishop. It's an emergency. I'm going to get gifts for people that truth be told. I'm going to keep it in the car just in case when I go in the house, they didn't get me nothing. Y'all not saying nothing. Come on, be honest. Look at your neighbor and say, you know exactly what Bishop's talking about. You know how you keep those reserve gifts? Where they're universal gifts for anybody just in case? Because you're like, well, someone's going to give me that last year. I don't know if they're going to give me that last year. Your disciplines determine your destinations. Look at what your disciplines are. What you say yes to or what you say no to consistently for the right reason. Look at that because that's where you're going. You're not going where you want to go. You're going where you're disciplined to go. I'm going to say it again. You're not going where you want to go. You're going where you're disciplined to go. I'm going to say it again. You're not going where you want to go. You're going where you're disciplined to go. One of the things... I've talked with you all about is uh, to God's glory, I have shared 95 uh, pounds now. I'm sitting right at about 95. Now, I'm not saying that for applause. I'm not saying that for applause. But what's awesome about it is that it inspired many people in our church to pick up that monster and be like, I'm laying aside every weight, Bishop. Come on, let's do it. And they created a competition. Some harvesters were like, okay, Bishop, I'm at this number now. I was like, well, you beat me. I, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going just, to eat the whole week. Now, I have this discipline, and one of the disciplines is I do not like eating after 6 p.m. And often when people find that out, people are like, how do you do that? And somebody asked me, well, Bishop, what do you do when you want a snack? I said, I don't. I have some water with lemon. And then they said, well, no, but like, what do you do? Like, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're hungry, I go back to sleep. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not trying to, trying, to, trying to boast me up or anything like that. I'm trying to make a point. My discipline determined that I would be able to shed the weight. Not that I decided to shed the weight. You missed the point. My discipline determined my destination. If you were to look at your life, what are your daily disciplines actually determining in terms of your destinations? You can't, y'all not saying nothing to me. So you can say all day you want a great marriage, but if you don't have the daily disciplines to be nice to them, Right, quiet right there. If you don't have the daily discipline, you don't even know their love language. Stop talking about you love them. You sitting up here sending them notes. They don't even like that. They like gifts. And you sitting up here, I don't know why they don't like my love notes. They don't like love notes. They like gifts. And then you'll get them a gift and they're like, oh, that's all right. Be like, I just spent all that, but that's all right. Well, I'm going to take it back then. Because you didn't even take the discipline, watch this, to find out what they like so that you love them the way they needed to be loved. 
Because everybody has a different love language and the way you receive love isn't the way they receive love. But your discipline won't give you a great marriage because your disciplines aren't producing the destination you desire. Okay, okay, I guess I should leave this alone. I guess I should leave this alone. Should, should I leave this alone or should I keep messing with it? Say, my disciplines determine my destinations. Okay, watch this. I got to go to the third point because I'm out of time. Continued discipline creates continued wins. In America, we're great starters. We start up. Watch this. In January, I think I'm going to open a gym. No, because in, in January, make a million bucks. Now you got everybody on these 12-month contracts. So they still going to pay. Or they going to AAA collections. <laughs> now, watch this. Because in January, oh, yeah, I'm getting in shape this year. I'm getting fit. Team workout, team fit, all this. Come about February 2nd, when last time you been in the gym? Child, I went, uh, shoot, that Monday after New Year. And I was going to go Friday, but, you know, I work so much. I, and so, you know, but what I've been doing, though, is at lunch, I walk around the building, though. That, that's, that's. Now, I'm not beating anybody up. What am I saying? What am I saying? Is in America, we're great starters. You, we know lots of starters. You got starters in your family, starters that are relatives, but they will start a lot of stuff. But when it comes to follow through and finishing, say continued discipline creates continued wins. Watch this. This may sound kind of tough, but it's just the truth. You start losing when you get lazy. And we drift in the wrong direction when we lack discipline. See, the antonym of discipline is laziness, which means to stop, to be idle, to be inactive, to be underactive, to be sluggish. Here it is, to stop doing what works. Second Corinthians, or excuse, excuse me, Second Kings chapter 13, verse 15, and then I'm done. Say, continued discipline creates continued wins. Say, I'm unstoppable. I'm untouch, untouchable. I'm unbreakable. But to continue that way, Come on, talk to me. Say, but to continue that way, I have to discipline myself. So, 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 so when you're thinking of getting lazy this week, just remind yourself. Matter of fact, you may want to get your own belt. Go buy the biggest, thickest belt you can find at the store. And, and whatever, and no, because some of you are like, Bishop, that's crazy. No, no, no. Sometimes you just need a visual reminder to be the interrupt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this, 2 Kings 13, verse 15. And Elisha, watch this, the man of God, and you're going to see it, refer to him as the man of God in a little bit, said to him, say, Bishop, Bishop. say it to me. Okay, now watch what he says, tells him. Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Verse 16, then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hand. Say they were working together. See, in our church, we work together. The pastor isn't against the people, and the people aren't against the pastor. We work together. Verse 17, and he said, open the east window, and he opened it. See, he gives him instructions, and he follows the instructions. Watch this. Then he said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. So check it out. Elijah, the man of or Elisha who's the son of Elijah, is giving the king instructions on how they're going to beat their enemy. And so he says, I want you to open the window and I want you to shoot this arrow through it. And every time he followed the instructions, he went. When he was disciplined to follow the instructions, he won. When his discipline to follow instructions stopped, I want you to see what happens. Look at verse number 18. Then he said, take the arrow. So he took them. Say, he's still listening. Say, he's still disciplined. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck it, how many times? Three times, watch this. But then he stopped. He was disciplined for three days. Then he stopped. He was unstoppable, untouchable, unbreakable for three days. Then he stopped. Look at your neighbor and say, why'd you stop? Why'd you stop doing what you saw was working? Why'd you stop following when you saw yourself becoming a better version of you than you'd ever been? Why'd you stop? Touch your neighbor and say, why'd you stop? 
So he shot the ground three times and he stopped. Because I guess in his mind, he was like, it's good. I'm good now. I don't need any more discipline to keep going. Notice, Elisha's instruction was, he said, strike the ground. Strike there is a perpetual now. Keep striking and don't stop striking. Keep being disciplined and don't stop being disciplined. Keep doing the right things and don't stop doing the right things. Keep pressing, don't stop pressing. Don't let chickens in your life, don't let them in your life. Touch your neighbor and say, don't stop. Get it, get it. Verse 19, and then the man of God, Elisha here, was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck it five or six times. He says, you should have kept being disciplined. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. He said, you would have won had you continued in your discipline. You would have achieved your goal had you not stopped. He says, but now you're only going to strike Syria only three times. Here's the point. When his discipline ended, so did his win. When his discipline ended, so did his win. When he stopped disciplining himself, so did his winning. And I came to tell you, you ain't going to be doing that no more. Move your hand, move your hand. God desires for you to be untouchable. Stop hollering before I give you something to cry about. Unbreakable and unbeatable. You can't touch this. Keep going in your daily discipline. And I think there's some people in here that say my days of losing are over. And my days of winning are here. Why? Because I'm going to keep being disciplined. Touch your neighbor and say you can't touch this. Tell somebody else, say you can't touch this. Tell discouragement, you can't touch this. Tell depression, you can't touch this. Tell all the hell you've been through, you can't touch this. Somebody give them praise if you believe that. Say you can't touch this. Look at y'all. <laughs> so, we'll do that at 11.15. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today, and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.